0: grace, peace, and mercy are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to please rise for the reading of the gospel. Our sermon for this morning is based on our gospel text for today, uh, recorded in Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. When Jesus heard that John was put in prison, he withdrew into Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. He did this to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, along the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And on those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death A light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, since they were fishermen. He said, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. Jesus called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. Dear Heavenly Father, these words are yours, and so we know that they are the truth. We ask that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. I would say that it's pretty universal uh, that Mondays are not uh, our favorite day of the week. Uh, if you are really, really an optimistic person, um, some might call you strange, but if you are that optimistic, you might see Monday as this opportunity to start the, the week fresh, right? To get a good jump on, on what you need to get done that week, to be productive. Uh, you can look at it as a good launching board for the rest of your week, but I think most of us view Mondays with, with a, a, a negative, in a negative light. Now this last week, if uh, last Monday you had an extra bad case of the Mondays, uh, don't feel bad. Because the third Monday in January uh, is what's known as Blue Monday. Uh, So it's supposed to be the most gloomy, most depressing day of the entire year. uh, For a multitude of reasons. Uh, Christmas is over. All of our social events are pretty much done. We have this big gap here uh, for for many months without much to do. Uh, The the credit card bills from all the Christmas presents that, that you bought are coming due. Uh, we know that we are in the heart of winter, but we here in Minnesota have months and months and months left before we can go outside and, and enjoy, enjoy the warmth. Uh, the darkness is still just pervasive. It feels like it gets dark at, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, there are so many things that, that add up to, to last Monday, the third Monday in January, being Blue Monday. Now, this, this event, Blue Monday, it's made up, right? And it's, it's totally made up to sell stuff, to sell vacations, to sell vacations, uh, uh, hotel rooms, uh, flights, that kind of stuff. But I do think that the concept holds some water, right? Because when we are in the, the dark days of winter, it feels like that that darkness is pressing down on us. We feel the weight, the, the, the gloominess. We're looking for something else. We're looking for light. And if we're honest, I think we'll admit that that, that gloominess that sense of 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 doom almost of the the weight of the world the weight of the sin of sin and and the darkness of our world the the bad things that are happening the the impending war and and rumors of that and 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 the economy going down all of this bad news that we hear on tv all the time uh, it makes us feel like this year-round right it makes it feel like like the the darkness is closing in like the world is closing in on us that everything is bad and so it's so good for us to be here It is so good for us to remember to gather around God's word and sacraments, to be reminded that the darkness of sin, the darkness of evil, since the fall has always been here. And that God knows this, and that that is why he sent Jesus. To be reminded through God's word, through the good news today, that that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. So our text here for today, our our gospel from Matthew, is is Matthew's uh, account of how Jesus began... His public ministry. Uh, So Jesus was alive for about 30 years before he stepped into the spotlight, before he said, I am now starting preaching and teaching, revealing more about myself, who I am, my nature, and what I've come to do. Jesus has started to let that light shine. Now, where is the best place to do this? Where is the best place for Jesus to start revealing more about himself, to start preaching and teaching? We would think it would be in Jerusalem, to go into the heart of, of religion in, in Israel, to the temple, surrounded by the religious teachers, to start showing them, I'm the fulfillment of the prophecies. I'm the one that all the prophets were talking about. But he doesn't go there. He goes to Capernaum, to Galilee, to the, the land where, where the tribes of, of Zebulun and Naphtali had settled. And I mean, uh, this doesn't mean much to us unless we know the history, but this is not a nice area. This is not what you would expect Jesus to do. By right? Zebulun and Naphtali, these were were, were a place where if, if foreign armies were invading Israel from the north, this is the route that they would take. So this is not a coveted place to live. And because of this, it's not inhabited by very many Israelites. A lot of foreigners live in this area, in Galilee. people who come and, and have settled in the Promised Land with a different culture. They are Gentiles, they are not part of God's chosen people, and they come bringing their, their foreign gods, they're bowing down to false idols in different languages, living right here in the promised land. But it's here that Jesus starts his public ministry. It's here that he lets his light begin to, to shine. Why? To fulfill this prophecy. Because this is, this is why Jesus came, to let his light shine in the darkness. So it's to these people, these people who don't know the one true God that Jesus begins preaching and ministering to. He fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And on those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So these unclean people wandering in the darkness of their sin, wandering the darkness of their, their unbelief and their idol worship, these are exactly the people to whom Jesus came. Right? This is the entire mission to seek and to save the lost, to, to bring hope to the hopeless, to seek out those people whose lives are a mess and to bring them healing and hope and forgiveness. Jesus makes this known first by his, his first action. He's going first to Galilee to preach and to teach, but then he, he backs it up with his words. He says, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. This last week, uh, Monday through Wednesday, I I was blessed to be able to go to Chicago for this uh, conference on Lutheran leadership. And I was there with about 1,300 Wells members and and a few of our people from the ELS as well. Uh, And as a little bit of fellowship, me and some other pastors decided to go to a hockey game. And so six of us were jammed in this minivan, six ELS pastors in a minivan, headed to uh, the United Center to watch some hockey. Uh, and as you'd expect, with six of us jammed in this minivan, we started talking to the Uber driver about, about faith. Uh, and so he told us, yep, I was born Catholic, uh, and then I, I, I moved around a lot. I became Pentecostal, and then I was Methodist for a bit, and then I was Baptist, but now I'm not really any of that. Now I'm just a really good person. Or at least I think I am. I was, I was writing this sermon this week, and I, I thought a lot about that. Right? And it's exactly this mentality that Jesus writes against or that he preaches against, right? Because if you truly believe that, that in, in my heart of hearts that I'm a, I'm a good person, and if you believe that your actions, your attitudes, your words measure up to what God expects, if you think I am, I'm better than other people to the point where, where God should love me, where I should have some of his, his favor, some of his blessing... If that's what you believe, then Jesus is useless to you. If you're good, you don't need forgiveness. If you are good, you don't need his undeserved love. If you measure up to God's standards, Jesus is of no help to you. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying here. He didn't come to call the really good people. He came for people who know that they are not really good people. And that's still true today. Our church, Peace Lutheran Church, is not a church for good people. You don't come here every Sunday to get your itching ears scratched, to hear Pastor Molstead and I tell you that, that, that you are good enough, that just because you came to church or just because you put money in the offering plate or just because you intend to live a good life, that, that those are the reasons that God loves you and those are the reasons that, that you should be experiencing blessings in your life. Right? Peace Lutheran Church and, and every Christian church based on God's word is, is for broken people. People who are willing to admit what we have have already admitted here this morning in our service, that we are poor and miserable sinners. Now, we don't deserve God's love. We deserve his punishment, both in time and in eternity. Second service today, we are blessed to have two baptisms here today. Those parents aren't going to bring their kids up as a celebration of how holy and innocent and, and pure their children are. Parents bring their kids to the font because they know that that their kids have inherited not just their genetics, but their sinful nature. Those parents know that that those little babies, just like all of us, need that that forgiveness and that grace, that cleansing that only God can provide. They bring them up knowing that 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 sin is not just what we do, it's part of of, of who we are. Later this morning, we're going to come up for communion, and we do this only as people who can, who can rightly examine ourselves, who are united in faith and doctrine, not as a pronouncement of, of look how good we are. We're good enough for communion. We, we are worthy. And we come up for communion because we know how much we need it. We need the body and blood of Christ. We need his righteousness, his forgiveness personally applied to me. I need his strength to live this, this life of, of faith for him. Jesus came to shine a light in the darkness, and that is great news for us. That puts a smile on my face. Right? Because if you are, 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 are broken, if you feel the weight of that, that guilt, if you are wandering in this life, if you feel like, like you're unfulfilled with this world, if you're looking for purpose and, and meaning, if you know that what you need is not advice on how to be better, you don't need advice on how to, how to live a life that, that God Uh, that that is pleasing to God, but instead you need a replacement. You need someone to do it for you. You need a Savior. Rejoice, because that's what Jesus has come to be for you. That's who He is for us. And so Jesus comes to shine this light to to be our replacement and, and to preach this message. He preaches the message of repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now to repent, that means to To turn, right? In this context, it means that that the law of God cuts through the darkness of our heart, cuts through the darkness of our unbelief, and shines that light on who we really are. Right? We allow the law of God to expose our our true nature, which is that of of poor, miserable sinners. To repent, it means to turn, to give up any hope of, of doing it ourselves, of being good enough for God. And even repentance is not something to brag about. Right? It's not something that we can hang our hat on and say, yep, I'm a good person because I repent. Repentance, too, is God's work. Right? This is the Holy Spirit turning you away from the darkness of your sin and towards the light of His grace. Jesus begins shining the light by saying, the kingdom of heaven is drawing near. We know that that kingdom is not a place. It's not a location. Right? This is the, the reign and the rule of Christ in the hearts of His people. It's the presence of the light of Christ's love and his grace, his forgiveness in the absence of the darkness of our sin. We know that God does this for us. He works this within us. He sends that light, his Holy Spirit, into our hearts, not because he ignores our sin. Not just because he says, I'm going to pretend like, like I didn't see that. Or he sends Jesus to be the light, knowing that we're sinful. But he loves us anyway. He loves us so much that he says, even though you've rejected me, even though you are sinful, even though you're not worthy of me, here is my son to make you worthy. Here is my son who will do it for you, who will clothe you in in, in his righteousness, that you can be with me forever. This is exactly why Jesus, the light, came into the world. He lived among us. He lived uh, surrounded by the darkness of this world, but the darkness never overcame him. He lived his life surrounded by broken people. But he doesn't talk down to them. He doesn't insult them. He's not disgusted by, by their uncleanness, by their brokenness. He ministers to them. He doesn't come to them and, and preach to these broken people. If you try harder, if you, if you live better, then you can become part of the kingdom of God. Right? He, doesn't, he doesn't go to these, these prostitutes and these tax collectors and adulterers and, and thieves and say, if you get your act together, then maybe God will love you. And right? instead, Jesus came to defeat the darkness. He knows that that darkness is not just out there, but that it's in here. It's in our hearts. It's part of who we are. So Jesus came to, to swallow up that darkness. And so every single day, he lives perfectly. Right? He never gives in to that temptation. He never gives in to the darkness of this world. He stands apart as the light of it. And then he goes to the cross and sacrifices himself. And in doing that, he swallows the darkness of sin. In his resurrection, he, he overcomes the shadow of death. And in laying down his innocent life, he wins for us complete and total forgiveness. And that's the message that Jesus came to preach. Stepping out of the darkness of our sin, out of our unbelief and into the light, that's not up to us. We cannot overcome the darkness of the world or the darkness of our hearts. It's up to Jesus. And he did it. He overcame the darkness so that we can live in this world with the confidence that we get to go to heaven. The confidence that we get to stand in the light of the love of God forever. The second half of our text is is, uh, uh, an account of how that light, living in the light of, of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness, impacts us in this earthly life. Jesus goes to these people, these men, he lets his light shine on them, and he says, put down your nets that catch fish and come be fishers of men. He says, come spend your life reflecting the light that I have shined on you and carry that light to the ends of the earth. You don't have to be a disciple to do this. You don't have to be a pastor or a called worker to let the light that, that Jesus has shined on you reflect in your daily life. You have an opportunity to do this every single day in everything that you do. Now you speak and how you think and how you act. We live according to God's will, according to, to His word, not to earn His forgiveness, but because we know that we have it. We say, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for shining your light in my life. How can I thank you? How can I show you appreciation? And God says, this is my way. This is the path to walk. He shines that light into our life and shows us the path to walk through His word. And as we do this, people notice because right? we don't live in the same way that the world does. We live with this, with this confidence, with this joy in knowing that we are going to heaven. And living in that way, living as, as people of light gives opportunities. It opens doors for us to talk to people about their faith, about the, the love that God has for all people. The fact that, that, that we are not here because we think that we're better than anybody, that peace is not here to tell anyone that, that you're good enough for heaven, but it's to tell everyone that Jesus is. To tell everyone that Jesus came not for a few, but for the entire world. Now we here in the heart of January in Minnesota, we know that there's a long way to go before winter's over. Right? This, is, this is the backstretch, the part of winter that feels like it's going to take forever. Days are getting longer, but we know it's a slow process. But still, we know for sure that spring is coming. Right? It happens every single year. It is a sure and certain thing. We also know that in our life, we're going to continue to struggle with the darkness of this world. With the difficulty, the hardship, even the the, the darkness of sin that still is in our own hearts as we we fight the sinful nature that that still is within us. But as we do that, as we struggle with the darkness, we can take comfort in knowing that the light has dawned. That because of Jesus' life and His death and His resurrection, that your sins are forgiven that even in the difficulties and the hardships of this world, that our God walks with you. And even more certain than the seasons, be confident in the promise of our God, that that darkness has no power over you, because it has already been defeated by Christ. Take comfort in the promise of God that Jesus, who is the light of the world, will return. And when he does, he will bring us to heaven where that light will know no end. Not because we are good enough, but because Jesus is. Amen. Please rise to the blessing. The peace which surpasses all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord.